0: Welcome to the Gamer's Inn. Come on in, pull up a chair next to the fire. It looks like you've had a long journey. I'm your host, Ryan, and joining me this week is a guest co-host, a good friend of mine from Zombies Ate My Podcast, another show I do. More of that in a little bit. Is Lou, the busy zombie lord. How's it going, Lou?
1: It's going. I'm excited. I get to talk about video games. I don't get to do that ever.
0: (laughs) Yeah, well, it's something we talk about you know, pretty much every other week after we finished recording ZAMP. So this is kind of fitting. Um, Yes. You know, so Jocelyn is not feeling well. We uh, postponed the show a couple nights to see if she was feeling better. She actually had her second COVID shot. Um, So I I believe she's doing better now. But uh, I had this wild and wacky idea since I was going to talk about a zombie video game animated Netflix show um, on ZAMP. And I was also going to talk about it here. I figured, hey... Luke and Guest, we'll smash the two shows together and it'll be awesome. So that's what we're doing tonight. Uh, but before we get into the zombie goodness, uh Mass Effect. It would not be a video game podcast without talking about Mass Effect, specifically the gamers in. And Lou, you have brought this back into uh, the show because you picked up the Mass Effect Legendary Edition and are playing Mass Effect 1.
1: Yeah. Uh, uh, when this first got launched, I have a fondness for Mass Effect uh, 1, 2, and 3. Um, even though I'm not crazy about the way they end, um, there is they, I, I have a fondness for the games in general. And when they first came out a couple weeks ago, maybe about a month or so ago, I was tempted to pull that $60 trigger. Really tempted. And I went, nah, they'll be on sale soon. And then Steam Summer Sale happened. And... They knocked twenty percent off. Uh, I got my copy for like forty bucks, and I was like, "That's about right. I'll pay forty bucks to replay all three Mass Effect, ga- Mass Effect games with up-res graphics and bugs fixed." Uh they didn't fix the bugs.
0: <laughs> yeah, I um I did pick this up full price, and I will say this: like, I'm also a huge fan of Mass Effect. Um, Fans of the show know Jocelyn's a huge fan and we picked this game up at launch and I don't regret, you know, picking it up for full price.
1: I believe I was originally a guest when you guys covered Mass Effect 3's ending.
0: <laughs> yeah, we we leaned into it's kind of funny when you think about the creation of the Gamers in and where we're at now, like, um, you know, Mass Effect being re-released uh, in this year, we have Skyward Sword coming in in a couple of weeks, which um I'm I've already, I've already seen
1: an I've already seen an ad like in a flyer that hey, it's coming this Friday.
0: Mm-hmm. I think it launches the nineteenth or that yeah, doesn't make so it's sense.
1: It's like it's it's like it's like next week.
0: Yeah. Oh, is it?
1: Wow, yeah, yeah. you're
0: right. It's the sixteenth. Um <laughs> you know, not to jump around here, but it's funny, like I think about, you know, uh Nintendo game. I love Nintendo games. I am not a defender of Skyward Sword. I fully realize that the issues people bring up are certainly issues. Uh, I've that can, never played it. Yeah. Well, I, there's some stuff in there that can get in the way of ha- you having fun. Um, and I feel like they've...
1: You, you do know they fixed all of that, right?
0: Well, and this is what I'm going to say. I, I don't want to necessarily say they fixed it in the sense that I know they addressed it. So my one of my biggest pet peeves with, with Skyward... We'll get back to Mass Effect in a second, guys one of my biggest pet peeves is the every time you pick something up, when you started a new session in the game, no matter what it was, whether it was a rupee, uh, worth one, one rupee, or whatever, it would give you this big, long explanation. Like, again, like, this is the first time they've ever done this in a Zelda game, where normally, if you pick up something you've already picked up, it just, you know, blinks above your head, and it's in your inventory. And um, they've addressed that in Skyward Sword, you can turn that off. And to me, that's the biggest change that Literally Um, should have been patched into the original if they could patch on the Wii.
1: uh, They've fixed that, and they've also fixed the other gripe, which is you can turn all tutorials off.
0: Yeah, okay. Tutorials off. That's a good one, too. I know a lot of people complained about the motion control. Um, Because it was a motion control-based game, there are going to be weirdness to playing the traditional uh, button maps that they've put in there because you do have to kind of like control the angle of your if slashes I, if
1: I understand correctly I believe they fixed it so it's tied to the one of the analog sticks yeah, yeah. so you can swipe the analog stick to swing the sword or something
0: hmm you know, yeah they did that and, and I'm so I guess my my question for for this for you is like are you since you never played it originally on the Wii are you planning to pick it up on switch
1: I I am I I don't think I'm gonna run out and buy it launch day I've got too many other things to play right now but it's definitely something that I'll probably pick up in the next couple of months. Yeah. Um, well, and 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 that said, uh, I never picked up Skyward Sword because my brother-in-law, who is like the biggest Zelda fan ever, like he is super Zelda fanboy. He was super excited for Skyward Sword, and I think I think my wife and I actually bought him his copy, and. Like, I saw him, like, two or three weeks later, and I was thinking of either borrowing his copy or buying my own back in the day. And his exact words to me were, I played it, I beat it, don't. And I went, what do you mean don't? He's like, it's the first Zelda game I've ever played where I don't want to go back through and play it again. It's so annoying.
0: Hmm.
1: And I went, I went, annoying how? And he's like everything gets explained to you five times like you're an idiot and everything everything you pick up gives you another explanation as to why you have it you can't skip dialogue you get you have to sit through like the same cutscene nine times he's like he goes i he goes i know you you're going to be super annoyed and want to throw it across the room just don't and so i never have and so when they when nintendo announced this a couple weeks ago and i watched i always watch uh, the Nintendo directs. I was like, "Oh, it sounds like they understand why people didn't like this game, and they took all that crap out. Cool, yeah. I'm in."
0: Or at least made it optional. I mean, I was surprised when I watched the Quality of Life trailer they put out uh, last week, and it's like, you can speed up text and you can skip cutscenes. And I'm like, every other Zelda game had that, right? I'm not, I'm not misremembering. I think
1: just with Skyward uh, they Sword, did, like, they, no, they did not have the speed up text or oh, skip cutscenes. Hmm. That's not that's not common to Zelda. Interesting. Um, I think Breath of the Wild lets you skip cutscenes, but it would warn you. It'd say if you push this button again, you're gonna skip the cutscene.
0: Which I'm totally down for. I, I I like to be told when I'm doing something I I might not want to do. Spe- specifically, you know, here's the thing: you can massive like not to go back to Mass Effect right now because I think this is a good conversation. Um, as parents being able to, you should be able to pause cutscenes full stop yes. and you cannot oh my God. in mass effect it drives nope. me insane it pisses me off <laughs> you know uh, they did all like, this work like,
1: and they didn't do that like l- come on like like Ryan like, listeners to you know, i have a one year old at home uh, and My wife will be putting her down for her bed or we'll be feeding her and I'll be sitting there playing Mass Effect and she'll be like, hey, hun, can you like go grab my phone from the other room or can you go do this? Or, oh, I left this in the car. Can you go back out to the car and get that while I finish feeding her? And I'll be like, uh, give me a minute. And I can definitely tell that now my wife is being like, oh, OK, because I can pause every other game I'm usually playing and just go do what she needs me to do. And this game is like, no, we're not going to let you pause. And you're telling me that uh Mass Effect 2 is going to do that too?
0: No, oh, the, as far as I know, Ma- yeah, Mass Effect 2 for sure, like cuz I'm in the middle of the suicide mission in Mass Effect 2. So um there's no save points in that in that area, but you, you and you yep. can only pause it when you're sort of just running around. So there's a lot of cutscenes, a lot of decisions that are happening in technically cutscenes. And, and, you yeah. know,
1: it's it's funny because I'm pretty sure you could pause in the original games. I feel like they took that away from us.
0: I I'm not sure. Um, All, all I know is this is that I was doing the Overlord uh, DLC for Mass Effect 2 and I tried to pause it and I couldn't. And I had to go do something. So I just like booted to the home screen and even that didn't pause the game. I ended up coming back out and I was like. I had finished like a part of the mission. I was back in the in the in the tank. It's like, hey, you did it because like I'd stopped mid cutscene.
1: I should say this. I have not bought an EA game since Dragon Age Inquisition. Smart. Smart move, but that And that was and that was what, five years ago? Oh.
0: It was the beginning of this last generation, I feel like. Wasn't Inquisition? Sort of like Inquisition growing.
1: was on 360 and on um and on PlayStation 4. It was like the it was like the title that was like on both generations.
0: Right. Yeah, I have to remind myself of that cuz I just I think it was like the tail end of that sort of cross-generation time frame um where it still made sense but was still like really weird for it to um yeah. And be so on both. I
1: bought uh, so I bought it and I played it. And then afterwards, I was sort of—I've been—I I used to play a lot of EA games. Like I love Dead Space and everything else, but the direction that EA kind of has taken as a company kind of has turned me off. At, but Mass Effect, I was like, this is kind of like the borderline of like where I started to fall out of love with EA. That's okay. They're promising me better graphics and I'm be able to play this in better modes. I—I'll—I'll I'll buy it. And I won't lie. You seem to have played. Did you do everything in Mass Effect 1? Or did uh, you just do the story missions?
0: I, um, I did a good chunk of it. And and here's the did other you thing. Get,
1: did you get the achievement that says that you've done most of the game?
0: Yeah, I got it like right at the end um, where I was in the final mission. It, it popped.
1: Okay, then, then, then you played far less of the game than I did. I got that and I'm not even close to finishing the game yet. <laughs>
0: Oh wow! So you're taking your time with it and and doing so. And, and,
1: and I and I won't lie, I am hating every minute of exploring planets in a tank. I was just and, about to and, ask that.
0: <laughs> so yeah, you're you're doing the the Mako uh, sec- sections and like uh, you're not a fan.
1: No, they're they're awful. <laughs> I, I, it's the one thing about this game. All the story stuff, like all the main plot stories. I'm having a ball with those, but every time I try to do one of these, like, little side quests where it, I'm in a solar system, I'll just go down and do that thing on the planet. It, like, makes me drive from one end of the planet to the other. It literally will take a, it will literally say, you need to go here to get X, and then you need to go all the way over here to the other side of the map in the tank to get B. And I'll be like, Why? Why? And they'll put mountains in my way between the two things so that I have to go out and around the mountain and halfway across the map in another direction to get where I gotta go. And I'm like, they like artificially made this game longer just by making me have to drive everywhere.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And the map is not very great either.
1: No. And there's one planet. I've done... I mean, I've gone to every planet so far that it's given me side quests for. There is one planet where... I don't even know how I'm supposed to get to the checkpoint because the only way is to go up and over a mountain and there is no path. And every time I get to the top of the mountain, I got hit by something and it blew me back down to the other side of the mountain. And I just went, nope, going back to the, going back to the ship. I'm not doing this quest. Screw this game.
0: Yeah. Uh, It's even worse when you don't realize there's a boost button. And the only reason you're able to survive those moments is because you do a podcast where your co-host has said, you know, there's a boost button. I'm like, what? so yeah oh
1: yeah, i'm pretty sure that there was always a jump button but i think the boost button might be new it wouldn't surprise me um so i have a question because we talked about this a little bit pre-show uh i played this through the first time on 360 originally Mm -hmm. and i remember there being a a, a semi kind of cool mini game where you unlock the the doors and unlock chests where it was like a, like a, like a remember-the-button-combination kind of thing.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it, w- it would display and, uh, the A, B, X, Y buttons, and it was sort of a Simon Says yeah. thing.
1: And now I'm playing it on PC, and I don't get those. Hmm. Instead, there is a big circle, it looks like a target, and there's a bullseye in the middle, and you're a triangle on the outer edge, and you have to frogger yourself to the center while dodging spinning blocks. That are gonna sends you all the way back to the beginning. Weird. And I will tell you right now, it is super easy because all you need to do is hold up and wait for the cycle to give you enough gaps that it automatically wins you. So it will just go, uh, 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 you win. You hmm. don't even have to try. It is so broken. And I'm like, did they create this for this game? Or is, is this because I'm playing on PC? What is this? Well, I never played
0: Mass Effect on PC. I know the Mass Effect PC versions were not well-received. There was always an issue with each one, and I I believe the first one was was really rough. And I'm imagining when they developed these Legendary Editions, they took the base code or whatever and applied the same upgrades across the board, console and PC. Um, But if they started with the base code for the PC... And there was a specific mini game for the PC experience of Mass Effect One. Uh, maybe someone, one of our listeners, um, can hit us up in Discord. Lo- and I let would, us know. I would
1: love to know. I would yeah. love to know because the other issue I keep running into is I, uh, uh, I have uh, Shepard go. I mean, behind cover, I pop out of cover, I go to shoot somebody, and then all of a sudden, Shepard stops running. She's just locked in one place, and she kind of like, like will only face to the right, and I can't change my camera angle or anything either. So I'm... It, 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 and the only way to get out of that that I've found is I have to go to the main menu, I have to go to save, I have to create a new save file, save the game, and then hit, hit the B button exactly as many times as it needs to get back to the screen. No more, no less. If I hit it more, she comes back and she's still frozen. If I hit it just right, she comes back and she's unfrozen. And I'm like this should be a really easy fix. Really easy. No.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I I've run into that bug on consoles, although I find that it's uh, you snap out of it by just pro- tra- just trying to progress through and and uh, go into cover and come out of cover. Had it happen a lot in Mass Effect 1, happened a couple times in Mass Effect 2 hasn't really been a, a deal breaker and I'm imagining but- that is like maybe just the original implementation and it's just a bug that's persisted that they haven't been able to squash. I don't know. I don't know if other people have experienced this, but yeah. Um, My,
1: My only other gripe is, is that the beginning of the game, the opening setup where you have to like, go find the marker and whatever. It seemed really long this time because there was absolutely no point in which I could save and something came up and I needed to walk away. So I was lucky. I was at a point where I could pause but I was like, you're telling me I can't save until after... You can't save until you go all the way back to the Citadel the first time. And that's like two hours of gameplay. I was like, so you're telling me I'm locked into this until I get two hours in. Okay, I'm in. Yeah. Well,
0: I, I think like that's one of those things where the i'm playing i i take it for granted i'm playing on a console that can go into rest mode right whereas on pc i don't think you can leave the game running um nope. so that's that's a struggle but like i remember that from mass effect one it has like this like a lot of rpgs has this longer lead-in where it's it, this game has to set up the story and the setup for these characters and the world for a trilogy Ma- right
1: mass effect one really has aged the worst of these three games Yeah, Um,
0: gameplay wise for sure, but
1: I was. I I mean, I knew that this was just they called this the remastered collection or whatever. And it's the Mass Effect one definitely looks prettier than the rest than it did originally, but that's all they really did. And that's kind of disappointing for me. I was hoping they would fix some of the things that you know were wrong with Mass Effect one, and they really kind of didn't. The AI is still the enemy AI is still really bad
0: yeah in the first one they all just kind of like well, come after you <laughs> they, they swarm yeah, no, you they, they,
1: yeah, no they, there's a moment uh it the first time you fight a major geth thing and they the geth have these guys called like destroyers and they're normally like heavy troops with like rocket launchers or whatever i'm playing as a biotic which i've never actually done before in a mass effect game made Shepard a biotic i'm playing as a vanguard Um, I figured if I was going to play it through this time, I've played through as a soldier, I've played through as uh, the Saboteur, and I've played through as something else that didn't have biotics. And uh, this, this was the first time I'm playing with something that's, like, all biotic. And I hit the guy with, like, warp, which stops their abilities. And instead of, like, it going into cover, instead, it just runs straight at you to melee you. Hmm. And I was like, hey, that's kind of bad AI. Cause it, and, and they run really fast, like super fast. And I was like, I'm just going to empty my clip and my pistol in him and he'll die before he gets to me. And lo and behold, they usually do unless they're closer to me when I hit them with warp. But that happens every time I hit an enemy with warp. They seem to realize they can't use their gun and they can't use their uh, their special abilities so they just run straight at you to melee you.
0: Yeah. Well. Here's the thing about Mass Effect One: um, the gameplay may not hold up. Uh, the, when it launched, it had issues, but I think what what made that game special at, at launch and choice, yeah, and what makes it special now is the story. Like there is everything about Mass Effect One: the world building, the story setup, like the characters. It's all so well done and holds up yep. really well, and that's the main reason you're gonna push yep. through. And, and I
1: had I had forgotten all about. Because this has all the DLC. And I forgot all about the Cerberus mission DLC.
0: Right. Yeah. uh,
1: Where there is a Cerberus is doing something and you're hunting them down. And it, it, it hints at the Elusive Man and a bunch of other stuff. And I had forgotten all about that DLC. I had played it in one of my playthroughs of Mass Effect 1. Because on the 360, I think I had played through it two or three times. And the first time I played it, I didn't experience it. But the second or third time I played through, I definitely had done that DLC before. And I remember being like... At this time, I was like, oh, yeah, that's right. I forgot. This was actually kind of cool. And that was actually... The, none of the DLC for Mass Effect 1 really is, wow, is amazing, but that one was definitely better than the others.
0: Yeah, and I remember um, with Mass Effect, Mass Effect in general, when they were coming out with these games, they would add post-launch dlc that would lead right into the next one and mass effect one had that i think it was arrival was the only piece of dlc they did um that i think was cerberus related as as you mentioned i might be mixing yeah. two pieces of content maybe they had two pieces but
1: well, there's, there was a, there was there's a moon mission
0: yeah i remember well, and the moon mission Luna. has ed i think it's it's like it's Po- like in future games, it, it refers back to that moment. I was looking it up, and and it's yeah. like, oh yeah, no, that was me on that base. I was just waking up for the first time, so I was a little lanky, <laughs> you know, because the the AI is taking everybody out. Um, and, and I really enjoyed that, even if it is just like, you know, uh, you know, paid DLC tie-in to lead you into the next game. But playing these games back to back to back, and right now I've made it through Mass Effect Two. I've I've technically done the um dlc mission that leads into 3 and doing it back to back like this you really it really does feel more like a cohesive sort of trilogy as opposed to three games made in a linear fashion by the same developer right like it just yeah. flows a lot better now that you're playing it side by side which is a really tough thing to do making games i know it's all same generation uh, but well
1: not not only that but the if the rumors i hear about mass effect 4 are true what they're doing is going to be very cool.
0: Yeah, it it really feels like they are building from what they've teased. Well, they're building a Mass Effect four for for real, th-
1: No, they, they, it is EA has officially, I believe, announced that they are working on a new Mass Effect game. Oh, and yeah, do- there's
0: a trailer with there's Liara a- and everything. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. uh, but,
1: it's happening. If you heard, but you have heard the rumors of what they're going to do, right?
0: Well, there's a lot in the trailer that sort of alludes to the fact that they are going to bridge andromeda in as well and it's like set far in the future because liara does appear to be older she's a matriarch at this point from what a lot of people are assuming so it's exciting to know that we like i think you could see liara and and the only other character you could possibly see is edie i I can't really think of anybody else that would live that long um
1: yeah but but the the rumor is you're going to play as a shepherd that's been basically in cryostasis for all this time and they've been looking for you. Oh. And I don't know if I like when, that. <laughs> and then when they find you, it's like a thousand years in the future. Oh. I, I
0: hey, you know what? I'm playing through as fem chef for the first time and I'm totally fine with more uh Jennifer Hale as shepherd yep. so.
1: But but the the rumor I've heard, the rumor that's been floating around on a bunch of message boards is that the hint is That what they're going to end up doing is... You know how you had to make your choice at the end? And nobody was happy with any of the choices at the end of Mass Effect 3?
0: Yeah. Yeah, no, I remember that.
1: The rumor is that they're going to make it so none of the choices were relevant. None of it worked.
0: Oh, so you think they're going to bring the Reapers
1: back? No, no, no. The the Reapers went away and mankind was supposed to merge with technology. Or mankind was supposed to purge technology. Or mankind was going to do whatever. And... It worked for a few hundred years and then everything went back to the way it used to be.
0: <laughs> you know, wipes dust off hands and walks away. We did it. I, I I could see that being the... I mean, they do have to clear the slate to some extent. And I mean, as far as a lot of uh, people who played that game, I think the preferred ending is Destroy. That's definitely the, the ending that is sort of propped up by the developers is like their canonical end. But, um, you know... I, I, like to dip a little bit into the news, and we you know we need to move into our next segment, but um, we're not going to know for a while because both any there's no bioware news coming to EA Play, which is happening later this month. Uh, bioware did confirm that no Dragon Age, no Mass Effect. So uh, I'm once not again,
1: surprised. I'm not surprised, but that's also not good news. I, considering yeah. they, considering they showed us a trailer last year, or like, or has it been two years since they showed us that? it it was game
0: awards so it was last year um here's the thing bioware is just really good at announcing things way too soon and i think it is healthier overall to basically say like we're working on this
1: ea needs that stock price to go up
0: i i mean yeah if people are trading on an announcement of mass effect I, i think here's the thing like i think the video game industry needs to come closer to the way the movie industry does things where they announce things when they're in production and i get it Movies are quicker and faster and, you know, smaller products in comparison to big triple a video games. Um, but I think it's healthier for a studio to announce early. And like, I, I just think Bioware is Bioware's in a state where yes, you're partially right. Where they do need to say like, yeah, we're making a new dragon age. We're making a new mass effect. And we promise it won't be like Anthem or Andromeda, please, you know, don't devalue us any further. Um, and I get that side of it, but on the other side, I'm kind of ni- It's kind of nice to avoid all the, the rumors and 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 all that. And we're to talk about some some rumors that have led us astray with some news later on. But I think it's nice to know there's a new Mass Effect. And yeah, we have to temper expectations and know that yeah. this was announced early. We're not going to get more news anytime soon because it's like a 2024 game. It's way out. All right, well folks, we're going to head into our next uh video game question mark. It's not really a video game, but it's based on a video game. We are going to talk about Resident Evil Infinite Darkness. <laughs>
1: I'm sorry, Market. You're making bioweapons for profit.
0: We can make soldiers who never die. As long as they take
1: regular doses of the inhibitor, they can fight longer and harder than ever before. It's revolutionary, don't you think?
0: You do that to people for money. What kind of monster are you? No, I take it back. You're just f***ing nuts! Lou, Resident Evil has returned in animated form, and Netflix is the exclusive distributor this time around. Uh, We are talking about Resident Evil Infinite Darkness. This is a new Netflix animated series that launched today, well, yesterday. Yesterday. (laughs) Uh, And it tells the story between Resident Evil 4 and 5, starring Leon Kennedy and Claire Redfield. There are four episodes of 25 minutes each, and Lou, we watched the whole dang thing.
1: Yes, we did, uh, and I gotta say, uh, uh, they called it a—they called it a show. I'm not why, not sure why they called it a show. It's an animated movie that's been cut into four pieces. <laughs> yes. You can—you can literally tell where the, it's not really the end of a chapter. It's literally they just went, "Yep, this is where we're going to end episode one," and it like ends right after like something major happens, and they just went, "Yep, cut it here."
0: Yeah, well, that's a good starting point because my first impression as well was they cut a a two-hour movie into TV episodes, but it really felt like there were moments in each episode where they kind of went back to the beginning moment with the same footage, and it really felt like they were like, inserting those flashbacks because they didn't feel necessary i watched it yeah. as if it was a movie and it felt very yeah. jarring to keep going it back felt,
1: it felt like they tried to artificially make this about 20 minutes longer than it was <laughs> yeah not and, not and a deal breaker though not a deal breaker it's fine um i will admit i was watching this in the background while i was working <laughs> so I mean, so I mean, every time it would get to a scene where they were like showing me something they'd already showed me before, I'm like, all right, cool, uh, back to work. <laughs> but for the most part, I I thought, if it, for a CGI movie, this is probably the best that Capcom's done. They've done what three in the past before this, three or four. Yeah, and and the first one has not aged well visually. The plot is really complicated and kind of stupid. The second one is better looking, but poorly acted. And then I think the third one that they did is just kind of meh all around. Like, I don't think, I I think we talked about it on the show, and I don't think it was enjoyable. Like, it's super convoluted, and Chris is the hero, and I think he bumps into Leon at some point, point. And it's really complicated. You don't even know why the bad guy is the bad guy. It's just some dude, and he's doing like this super mysterious like guy in a suit thing. And you're like, I don't care. <laughs> and 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 this doesn't feel like that. This feels like they were intentionally not just trying to. They were. This feels like Netflix put some money into this to help them. Yeah. Story wise, um, it feels. It's not amazing. The story is not amazing. By the end of the first episode, I knew all three of our bad guys. Yeah. I knew exactly who they were. In fact, as soon as the guy that was telling the president we needed to attack China was like, (laughs) and China was a problem, uh, as soon as he spoke, I went, oh, he's going to be our real bad guy. I said, they're going to make us think that one of these other guys working with Leon is a bad guy. And maybe they are, but they're going to be working for this guy. And this guy's going to be the bad guy. And it's funny how he looks and sounds like Donald Rumsfeld, ok. And literally, that's exactly what they did. The guy that looks and talks like Donald Rumsfeld is the bad guy. And as the movie goes on, you realize just how nutty nuts he is. And you're like, all right, let's kill this guy. And well, then they yeah. don't
0: you you heard it in the uh, in in the clip. And um here's the thing. my what I was going to say about the story is like the strongest point going for the story. And I think what what makes the whole film, as a video game um, attached being like this is, I think Capcom has said is considered Canon within the mainline resident evil games is yeah. that they attach it very firmly to the end of resident evil four. They address Leon as this, uh, uh, this agent who saved the president's daughter. And I mean, it's, it's right here, you know, in this clip where they, they introduce Leon in this way. That's like, Oh, This is the Leon from Resident Evil 4 and everything he did in 4 is being referenced in in these moments early on in the film.
1: And and I think that's one of the things I did really like about it is when Leon is coming, Leon is coming by helicopter because he's been off on like a secret president or something. Mm -hmm. And when he arrives, there's three other agents and there's like the rookie agent, the hardened veteran. And then like the girl agent, you're like, Alright, we got we get our generic we get our generic hero cast. Alright, cool. And uh as soon as they started talking about China, I was like, Oh, the girl is Asian, she's gonna be somehow tied in to the China thing and lo and behold, she was. I was like, Alright, cool. Uh, <laughs> and the big the big Rudy guy, he knew too much and he killed those zombies way too fast almost like he knew they were zombies before they were zombies and i was like uh yeah he's going to be bad guy and lo and behold he was a bad guy and the rookie guy i was like somehow they're going to make use of him by the end of this and he's going to do something to help the de- save the day lo and behold he convinces the president to not make a bad speech i was like all right cool <laughs> yes like like literally the first the first 20 minutes i was like yeah i know exactly how this whole thing is going to unfold and it did it, it unfolded exactly the way I, i want i expected it to and that's not to say it's bad it's just predictable Mm -hmm. and you know it was like watching a a a a pretty decent cgi anime movie basically
0: yeah i mean the visuals are just amazing what they've been Uh, able to pull uh, off here
1: it, it, it it does look really good i mean you can tell there's cg if you pay attention but when they did play that trailer for this between something I was watching on YouTube and my wife was in the room and it kind of like brushed past and she was like, whoa, is that the Resident Evil movie you were talking about? And I was like, no, that's the CG movie. And she went, that's CG? And I mean, it was only like a 30 second clip, so she didn't get really good visual look at it, but I was, but she was it was good enough that at first glance she was like, are those real people? And then she, Oh, no, they're not. Okay. But th- that tells you that the visuals were good. This was, This is on par with basically whatever the current graphics are on most video games yeah you know what i mean yeah like if you got a cg cutscene in resident evil 8 it probably was using this same engine
0: yeah i agree i think they really nailed it and it feels like they used they ripped the models from resident evil 2 remake and aged them and gave them new costumes and it was like all right we're done
1: the the only thing i found disappointing with this is that i didn't feel like they used Claire to the best uh to, to 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 the best degree. Um I thought her story was one of the more interesting stories going on. Mm-hmm. Everything with Leon is sort of like to get you to the point with his action. To get you to the point with his action. To get you to the point with his some kind of action. And Claire is kinda of like doing the murder mystery thing. Um she knows there's a story. There was a zombie outbreak in some small country. Uh uh middle eastern country and she's part of a group trying to to establish schools and and kind of bring the country back from the brink of disaster and she finds a kid who saw zombies and she's like wait a minute and so she goes back to the u.s to kind of figure this stuff out and then she finds a bunch of soldiers that have all committed suicide gee why did they commit suicide and then she finds out this other stuff, and she kind of goes down this, this rabbit hole of, like, solving the murder mystery. And right about the time you know that she's figured it out, guys show up to take her. And literally, she hits a guy over the head with a lamp, and it does nothing. And then another guy tases her. And that's pretty much her only fight scene. And I was like, really? Mm-hmm. That's all we got? Like, I, you know, it just it seemed it was kind of weak. And then she gets tied to a chair for like the rest of the movie. at that point, like the whole last episode, and then at the last minute, Leon doesn't even know she's there. Like she thinks for a second, like Leon, you're here to rescue me, and he's like, I didn't even know you were here. <laughs> and I was like, I was like, I was like, okay. And, like it just, it she just felt like she was being used to kind of give us more backstory, and I thought that it would have been better to have had her maybe on the run and then get kidnapped or something you know what i mean like they took her real fast and she didn't put up that much of a fight
0: it really it really seems like uh they included her character as an afterthought to have the resident evil 2 you know heroes in this film yeah um and their but their focus was leon i mean we'll go through clips before you know before we wrap up the segment but i think that a lot of the clips I got were were because he's got the most moments where he's saying dumb shit, you know, while he's doing cool stuff, <laughs> you know.
1: But but okay, so I need to explain my favorite thing in this entire movie, and it was the thing I was so I I couldn't stop laughing about, <laughs> and not because it was cheesy, just because I thought it was really clever. So some congressman or senator or, or somebody that answers to the president uh, is like is 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 bitten and he gets turned into a zombie and then the rookie uh the rookie agent uh protecting the president uh shoots him in the chest like five times and then the think guy pins him to the ground and he's like Aah! and then leon blows the guy's head off and leon goes gotta shoot him in the head and in the meantime you know that this guy is like not necessarily important to the plot but that like he was just talking to the president as somebody like 10 minutes ago and literally, the next scene after the whole incident in the, in the White House is over is Claire showing up, being like, "I need to talk to that guy," and his aide is like, uh, "He's on a long vacation." And I was like, "I was like, oh, that's awesome."
0: Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of these moments where I think they've structured a, a really good Resident Evil story because it has the mystery, it has the. Uh, you know, the the U.S. military here is partnered with... They don't mention Umbrella by, you know, name. That's from what I recall. They do say, like, oh, we're working with a chemical or a bioweapons corporation. You know it's Umbrella, but, like, I don't think they outright say the name. But, uh, you well, know, you this, have is-
1: to this, this, this is... you remember this Tricell, because this is going to tie right into... This is between four and five. And Tricell is the company that, that uh, Chris and the other uh uh whatever that i can agent that th- they're investigating in five is they think tricell is the comp is the company trying to clean up umbrella and then come to find out it's run by a bunch of umbrella executives and you're like oh okay and i think that this was hinting at tricell
0: okay interesting well it's it's one of those things where they uh, the US military is using uh, something some sort of T virus to infect the citizens and and cause uh, an outbreak in um, I think it's Panamistan. Stan. so it's,
1: yeah, as it's far not I know, a real country
0: yeah as far as I know it's made up and um, yeah so the US military is using this weapon obviously the president doesn't know this because you know plot reasons and uh like, it, it sort of comes up as, like, oh, he's trying to create these perfect soldiers, like, he's definitely a madman, and um, there's, like, this moment on the sub where these rat it's a really gross, but, like, works moment, where these rats are, like, coming out of these bodies, but they never go back to it. Are the rats they never part they. of the virus, or?
1: <laughs> All I kept thinking was, is that was their try to tie in with Las Plagas from... Resident
0: Evil 4 oh okay interesting but they never go back to it like no, nope. you know it's there present in the sub which I get because like then you have these smaller rodents that can get into all these crevices and move throughout the sub more easily I get that side of it but they don't even allude like I'm assuming that um the US military guys who go in at the beginning like you know in the in the sort of flashback they were already infected and then when they some of them when they, they they just die like i'm assuming they were already infected right because the the helicopter crashes and they say oh don't follow in like we need you to leave them be i felt like that was like the military like uh sending in the virus but um obviously they they then get bit when they go in to rescue them and they have to use these like inhibitors or something so it's a virus that can be you know um you know staved off or something
1: it, it basically it's like they need a vaccine every couple of every couple of weeks or they're going to turn into a monster
0: which reminded me of uh um is it dead planet or death planet or or attack of the (laughs) that movie we watched with uh it was it was the rodriguez film
1: oh uh uh uh, what's
0: it called attack of the dead
1: you, you're you you calling it whatever it is you're calling it is messing it up for me <laughs>
0: you know what we did clips for it i should have it here on the soundboard somewhere it was planet terror
1: planet terror uh you're calling it attack and i'm like no the other one's called death uh, I, I i was remembering the other De- death proof was the other part of the grindhouse and so i keep thinking death proof and i'm like no no, no that's not it it's planetary yeah
0: that's all i could remember uh was was the death proof um yeah so like there's there's a little bit of that to it and i i don't really remember that in resident evil lore although like there's a lot in there of course i mean
1: i'm not gonna tell i'm not gonna tell listeners to run right out and watch this but if you're looking for something to kill two hours you could definitely do worse than this
0: yeah it's if you're a resident evil fan i feel like it's worth checking out
1: it's worth watching and I have a funny feeling that because this is considered canon, I have a funny feeling we're either going to get another one of these animated movies or they might tie some of this stuff into the next game.
0: Maybe. Yeah, it really felt like they were touching on it with the big bad who um, show, not only shows up at the end, but you see it with the original uh, person they saved that was infected and it's kind of crystallizing and then you see it the ba- the bad guy at the very end or I guess... He's not really a bad guy. He's more like he's got his own way of wanting to deal with the issues at hand uh, in a bad way. He wants to sort of burn the world down, but, um, <laughs> you know, not not that great. But he's kind of crystallizing. And that reminded me of the way the enemies die in Resident Evil Village. They turn into yeah. crystals. So, Yep. Yeah. again, all left unexplained in the movie. There's a lot sort of just left there sitting. But if you're a Resident Evil fan, like, you, you've you kind of come to expect that. They really only explain the mission-critical stuff and everything else is like, you, like Resident Evil 4. There's just tons of stuff in that game that's not explained at all, you know? Um,
1: yep. Well, okay. And so and so the other thing, too, is is I kind of call, figured that just about every character we got introduced to was going to die along the way. Otherwise, they would have made cameos in other games along the way, and so the Asian chick dies. The big, bot the, the the big broody guy, he gets turned into a monster, and then he dies. And then I was surprised the Donald Rumsfeld guy lives, but he's infected. So somebody hand you never see who it is. Somebody hands him an inhibitor, and they're like, now you're gonna have to like do as we say. And I was like, I was like, yep. That's about what I expected. I expect to see his character make a cameo in another animated movie or uh, maybe get alluded to in another game.
0: Yes, this is alluded to as well, it's it's labeled as season one. Uh, obviously, we know Netflix has a partnership with Capcom to develop Resident Evil content with the live action series. Uh, uh, coming. Honestly,
1: this honestly, this got pumped out really fast. So I really wouldn't be surprised if we get another one of these every year.
0: Yeah, I, I'd be down for that. I, I like Resident Evil. I enjoy, you know, using my Netflix subscription for stuff other than Paw Patrol. So I'm a big fan of. Uh, I mean, this was more this, of this. this was
1: a this was a fun watch, but it wasn't like groundbreaking or anything. Yeah, like, as a Resident Evil fa- as a Resident Evil fan, I was like, oh, cool, we got more Leon, we got more Claire, and we're killing zombies." Cool. In fact, I was really taken back, and I really liked the fact that the whole opening is basically zombies in the White House, and yeah. I was like. And they handled it really well. In fact, I was explaining to somebody the other day that that's what happens in the opening is that it's like zombies in the White House. And they're like, after, after Raccoon City, you'd think that the White House would have it under control. And I was like, actually, the scene is only like five minutes long. They literally clear out all the zombies in the White House in like 10 minutes.
0: <laughs> yeah, it felt like not a a, a great threat, but they still they still nail that sort of, like, initial unknown, what are we dealing with? And it felt, it was really well done. And um, there's a lot to, you know, the first episode that's going to give you an idea of of exactly what you're going to experience. Like Lou said, there's less, there's much less Claire in the first episode and and throughout the the series. Um, I still think...
1: I say there's a lot of Claire in the first episode. And then substantially every episode after there's a little bit less a little bit less and then in the last episode she, she she's in about half the episode
0: yeah i still think the the best sort of post to claire that i've played i've not played code veronica but um i still really liked her main character presence in resident evil uh, revelations to episode one penal colony um which is the only episode we played on the show and uh for listeners longtime listeners you'll remember that we just kept saying that over and over and over again. And for some reason, I uh, thought it was funny. I'll
1: be honest. I'll be honest. I, I, I'm kind of getting into the hankering to play a Resident Evil game. And I've played through one. I've played through two. I've played through three. I've played through four so many times. It's, it's pathetic. And I've played through five maybe once or twice. I will never play six again. But part of me <laughs> is going, you know, there is Revelations and Revelations too. You never did finish Revelations 2. You should go back and play Revelations.
0: Yeah, Resident Evil Revelations Revelations 2. That was, uh, and they've been re-released. I think they are both available as a package on PS4, PC, and Xbox One. So, like, they run on modern hardware. I think they're even on the Switch. You could probably play them on your Switch.
1: I'm not going to play it on my Switch. I own both on PC already.
0: Look, the best way to go back to a game is to buy it again. Because then you have some monetary reason to do it.
1: No, I'm a cheapskate. I will just go back and play the game I already bought.
0: Yeah. No, I understand. I definitely uh, agree with you there. I'd probably go back and, and play on the original platform where I've owned it. But it, uh,
1: it, It's funny, too. It's funny, too, because I, I remember the original Revelations was made for the 3DS, <laughs> and they really did a pretty good job up and and re- redoing the graphics for PC.
0: I don't even want to tell you what platforms I own Revelations on because I'm pretty sure it's on... Uh, definitely the original 3ds and i remember buying the uh because the 3ds only had the one control stick which was a problem for uh tank controls um but you know we, we may do but i bought the little attachment for the 3ds that gave you the extra um thumb stick and it was not so and it was only for the the small 3ds not the 3ds xl which i quickly upgraded to um once once it came out but uh that it was like it made the 3ds kind of like a boat you like placed it in it and yep. um it was through the ir sensor so there was this delay it wasn't like connected through bluetooth or a direct connection it was through it was sending the signal through the ir sensor so there was a bit a bit of a delay and i remember that being a pain in the butt but um i also own resident evil revelations on the wii u uh so
1: i i can't express how many times i've bought four
0: yeah well you could do it again I, on an I, oculus if you want <laughs>
1: No. Uh, (laughs) At this point, I've bought Resident Evil 4 at least five times. Yeah, I think I... GameCube and Wii for sure. I had the original GameCube. uh, Then I got it... Someone gifted it to me on PS2. uh, Because they didn't realize I had the GameCube. And then I bought it again on Wii. Then I bought it again on PC. And I think I've got it on something else now, too. And I was like... And it was gifted to me, I think. And I was like, ugh. I've, and I've played and beat it on every single one of them.
0: I've only beaten it maybe once and a half. I, I, I definitely beat it on GameCube. And then I played it on Wii. I am... question
1: is, the question is, have you unlocked uh, the Unlimited Magnum?
0: Ugh, unlikely. I, those games I usually just play once and I move on.
1: I have, I have unlocked everything in Resident Evil 4. Everything. I literally can play through the game and like one shot everything the whole way through the game.
0: Wow. Well, that's impressive. Uh, I mean, you know, before we wrap up, I do have some clips here that I'll play for you and I'll warn you ahead of time. They're all Leon and Leon related. And really it goes back to your comment that Claire did not have a lot. Her best um, moments were uh, the moment you saw in the clip where she's, she's sort of um, breaking up the monologue from the bad guy and uh, she has a moment at the end where she basically tells Leon he's a dick and walks away. Um, and, and, but that was, you know, that was the end of the movie, so I didn't want to play it. But uh, I do have these clips for Leon. Uh, this one is, uh, is called uh, That Leon. Leon isn't the guy who saved the president's daughter? Yep. That Leon. He's more than qualified. Qualified? <laughs> more like Lucky. The only reason he's the golden boy now is because he was in the wrong place at the right time. So that gives you an idea of the main characters. Uh, That's where they're waiting for Leon to show up. And um, you get a sense that, you know, not a lot of people think or know Leon to be this, this hero, even though us as the players know him to be a hero. uh, My favorite,
1: my favorite, my favorite moment though, is that none of them know about him being a cop in Raccoon City. (laughs) And, and then at one point he tells somebody, yeah, I survived Raccoon City. And they're like, are you unkillable or something?
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the the guy who survived, uh, the hero of Panamistan is like, whoa, you were there? No way. No one survived that. But like, there are literally two people who did survive, um, that, that city being nuked <laughs> in this movie, um, So, yeah, it is it is quite fitting. Uh, The moment that Lou alluded to with the of course, it's a zombie film. You got to shoot him in the head, guys. Come on. Leon, shoot him in the head. That stops him. So um, pretty much sets up the rest of the film where now everybody is a perfect headshot. So not many people miss after he tells them, shoot him in the head. Cause that's what it takes to be a, but
1: my, my favorite craftsman. moment, my favorite moment. It, it, while well, that's going on is they're using pistols. And then when they realize that there's more zombies, they go into a thing and they come back out with machine guns and they've got machine guns. And then all of a sudden machine guns are on their back and they're holding pistols again. And I was like, why are you doing that?
0: Conserving ammo. I don't know uh there is a badass moment where leon you know is is doing some john wick stuff with the zombies and the pistol and uh he follows that up with, yeah, he uh, some he shoots lines.
1: one without even looking and i was like oh they do they, they do that
0: you can't even do that in the video games but he's able to do it here i guess uh, that's why they haven't included leon in any resident evil games afterwards and yes i am ignoring the fact that he was in six so uh as we all do um yeah, he had some really His cheesy moment- lines
1: is moment in six is the only playable thing in that game
0: yeah no i agree with you there i think it's one of the few that i actually played so uh yeah here's here's some more cheesy lines here
1: rest in peace assholes
0: so there's there's a lot of that and my personal favorite uh where the rats show up is is this one i had some cheese so that's a quick one i don't know if you heard that Wish i had some cheese He's saying, wish I had some cheese. So after killing a bunch of rats. Or no, no, no. This yeah. this is after the rats show up it en masse for the second time.
1: Yeah, and, and they're chasing it, him.
0: Yeah, and he's like, he has the time to say, wish I had some cheese. He's not even running away. He's saying the line, staring if at then all he these
1: runs rats. Away. <laughs> and then he runs away. Yeah.
0: And um, yeah, it's peak Leon. Uh, it's the Leon you remember from Resident Evil 4. He's more like self-serious in the second one cause he's like this rookie cop and he's trying to impress everybody. But in four, he's just, he is wisecrack. He's aware of his situation and he's just trying to have, a trying to get out alive while also, um, having some quick quips. So we get more of that Leon here, but, uh, yeah, he, he had, he had some lines Lou, uh, and, and those were the ones I captured. Uh, that is pretty much going to wrap up our chat on this Netflix original series you can watch all the animated ones they're all on netflix they pop up after you finish this one uh lou gave you a sort of a rundown of which ones you should check out but again some of the one the first one was a 2008 film so just keep that in mind when you're uh when you're perusing the netflix collection and i want to thank our lovely patrons over at patreon.com slash the in if you enjoy the content we're producing here and want to support the show directly Go to patreon.com slash thegamersin and become a patron. I want to thank our newest patron, Terry. Thank you so much for joining our Patreon. Uh, If you join our Patreon, you get early access to our Patreon-exclusive TGI Patreon Mini, where I talk about all the content we're going to be talking about on the Gamers In and what what I'm doing games-wise. And that's where you'll be able to hear uh, my weekly Xenoblade Chronicles 2 update. As I promised, I'm playing it, I'm trying to finish it, and I'm updating everybody over on Patreon. That is exclusive early access to patrons. You can get it right in your podcast app. And uh, if you're not a patron, you can also catch it. uh, Usually a couple days later, it's unlocked for everyone. So check that out, patreon.com slash thegamersin. Lou, let's head into the news. And the two biggest stories that we're going to touch on tonight are, well, let's start with the Nintendo Switch OLED model because uh, the Nintendo Switch Pro, this is not. I feel like there are a lot of rumors sort of swirling around, and um, this is this is not what has sort of been talked about. It's a portion of it. Uh, I've heard a lot of interesting talk about like why this has come to pass, but let's talk about what was announced, and then we'll talk about all the other stuff uh, alongside of it. The Nintendo Switch OLED model, and that's what Nintendo's calling it, it's going to be available on October 8th uh, this year. It comes in sort of a white and gray, white and black sort of look, uh, but also comes in a red and blue look as well. It's going to cost you uh, 349 US dollars uh, on launch. It's got a 7-inch OLED screen, uh, a wide adjustable stand, a built-in wired LAN port on the dock, 64 gigabytes of internal storage. Enhanced audio, and I can confirm that the audio on the original Switch is not great in dock mode, but it is what it is. I usually use headphones, and those are the big those are the big features. So no no changes to the internals whatsoever outside I'm of not surprised. Yeah, outside of a uh, the storage bump, and you know the rumors going you know were like it, the the rumors during a chip shortage for the last year have been that they would upgrade the internals to support 4K in dock mode. I mean, Nintendo, as soon as people say 4K in the same conversation as Nintendo, I'm like,
1: I don't think we're there yet, guys. <laughs> I don't think... No, like, I, mean, I mean, I love my Switch. I've mm-hmm. had mine about two years now. And I'm fine with it not being in 4K. I really don't care. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, play ha- I play most of it usually handheld. While I'm sitting on the couch watching TV, you know, uh, it's rare that I actually play anything on the screen. Um, when I do, it's nice, but I'm fine with 1080p. The, the, the games are pretty and whatnot, but I'm not playing a Nintendo game because I need it to be the biggest and the best. If I wanted that, I'd play games. I'd be playing a game on my PC.
0: Yeah, you're you're playing I mean you're even playing in seven twenty p uh in dock mode and some games even run at a lower resolution, but at the end of the day, yeah. it's about the crafted first party fun games that Nintendo puts out. And look, I'm not gonna sit here and try to retcon my excitement for what could have been a four K boosted performance Switch because like I was excited about the prospect of Nintendo games running at a higher resolution and and being able to keep that sixty frames per second um even at 1080p, because there are some games, and as I said, I'm playing Xenoblade Chronicles 2, and it, it chugs. Breath of the Wild had some issues on Switch, so kind of hoping maybe Breath of the Wild 2 would have that extra performance. Um, but it, it is what it is. I'm kind of happy I don't have to buy this.
1: <laughs> Two years and we're going to get a Pro Switch. That's what I think. Yeah. I, I, I think the other thing they're trying to do is, I think they're trying to not make people who just bought the Switch has been one of the best-selling things during this entire pandemic for... everybody's been buying them. It, for them to put out a new one after everybody just bought one would kind of be a slap in the face of people who just bought a Switch. And as far as I know, Nintendo's the only one that made, made money last year selling consoles. So, so, I mean, I'm not surprised. This is an attempt to either get people who already have had a Switch since the launch or people who haven't bought one yet to buy one. That's kind of the way I viewed it.
0: Yeah. I think, uh, that's a good way of putting it. I think the chip shortage also plays into the fact here yeah. where, you know, they, since they're not changing anything really inside and they, they have a, they obviously have a supply chain for existing switch chips, uh, the insides there, and they just have to have a better screen. That's the biggest change. Um, The price model, like they've not done a a price drop on the original Switch, and I guess they really don't have to. This is just a $50 jump from what I can sort of tell. And it still keeps you below those next-gen consoles. I I think that's the struggle that Nintendo has here is that now they've sort of set a bar where if, if, and I'm not going to get my hopes up, if they go to a Switch Pro model and actually do the Super Nintendo Switch or whatever, because you have a OLED model at 350 you're now creeping into that 400 plus US dollars that is getting so close to those those current gen consoles that are available now and not even yeah. getting close to the performance
1: that and I know that there's a chip shortage but you'd think at this point Nintendo Nintendo's always said their goal is to make money on the console that they sell so that they don't a lot of companies like Sony and Xbox will sell their console for either at cost or below cost knowing that they'll make up for it in games and 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 controllers and all the accessories and nintendo's always been of the mind no, we we're gonna make profit off the console and to see that they still haven't lowered the price on anything like i'm not surprised but you'd think at this point they must be making hand over fist on these switches
0: oh no doubt well they gotta unfortunately they i hate to put nintendo in this bad light but we all know what happened with the wii u you ride high and then they did a wii u and hopefully we don't have another situation where it's in every other console um situation with nintendo but uh i hope they can you know give us the switch to or whatever it is it doesn't need to be next year i'm totally fine playing games on the switch as long as the games still support that original version like i i think we're good but um it's one of those things where i think a pro model whether we want it or not needs to happen at some point so that nintendo can continue to capitalize on um games being ported to the switch maybe they don't need it right now but eventually like third-party support that's a big that was a that's a big push for switch and i i can't imagine their developers their developer partners are, are sitting here being like oh yeah we're fine with base hardware if they're putting into their pipeline building for those current gen consoles ps5 xbox series x eventually they are going to ask Nintendo to build something better for them so that it doesn't affect their bottom line as much. You know, you look at the Wii and the discrepancy between the Wii and those current consoles that were out, it was a big jump and really required Nintendo to basically say, here's a bunch of money, make a version for our system or not have that game on the system. So I don't think we're going to see that quite as much on the Switch, but we are going to get to a point where we're already seeing it, you know, like you're not getting Assassin's Creed on Nintendo platforms. You know, you're not getting um, big, you know, first party, or big, big third party titles um, outside of like the sports games and maybe a couple of action games or some cloud versions. Right. So I I don't know if Nintendo needs to do that anytime soon. um, But I think eventually we are going to get to that point where uh, developers are going to be asking them, To do just that, Um, we have one other news story. I did mention Assassin's Creed. This was a bit of a weird one. Um, Assassin's Creed Infinity, which was just reporting by Jason Schreier, but then was later confirmed by Ubisoft. And you know, before we get into the Infinity side of things here, like there was a lot of information dropped by Jason Schreier that was then confirmed by Ubisoft. But one of the big things here was. You know, uh, Jason Schreier basically reported that several men accused of abuse remain in lead roles after the reorg at Ubisoft, uh, which led to complaints on internal forums. Uh, An an Ubisoft spokeswoman says they had their case rigorously reviewed by a third party and were either exonerated or underwent appropriate disciplinary actions. So it sounds like Ubisoft still hasn't dealt with this with, with these internal issues of toxic behavior and abuse. And that's really sad.
1: Did you ever read uh, Schreier's original article on, I think it was on Kotaku before he left to go to Bloomberg.
0: Um, um, it was
1: from like, it was from like a year or so ago when the Me Too thing started. Uh, Cause he covered the exact people and who, who, what, where, when, and why these men were being accused of stuff. And one guy, he wasn't just accused of being in one location it was like he was in Ubisoft Montreal and like 12 women came forward to actually accuse him to borderline criminal stuff. And like to the point where like police had to be involved. And what Ubisoft did was they packed him up and moved him to Spain or like one of their European offices. And then the same thing happened there. And then they packed him up and sent him someplace else to another country to work. And it was like, like the guy got bounced like five times and it was always because he got complained and the, and ubisoft is like oh yeah yeah we've made him a new head somewhere else
0: this is one of those things where um you have a company building a very large project that is now requ- now having two teams smashed together so now now only you have these these folks that are still in lead roles um at the i don't know which specific teams but they have merged the two teams of Uh, Quebec and Montreal, they're going to be working together to build this, this new Assassin's Creed platform called Infinity. And it's really unfortunate that Ubisoft, like their internal, their internal staff are, are reporting on their forums, like they're, they're coming forward, they're saying, like, you haven't done anything to to resolve these issues, you may have looked into it, you may have, you know, deemed you took the appropriate actions. But at the end of the day, like, this person still has a has a job here managing people which should not be happening you know and even if you move them around like now you're just you know affecting other people you're not solving the problem and you know when you have this very large project that a lot of teams are going to be working on like i wouldn't be surprised if in a few years we get more reporting about infinity and it really is about these teams that are still struggling with ubisoft's uh lack of action right
1: yeah I, but i Ubisoft went from a a a, a tri- triple i should say for 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 listeners who don't know me very well. Ryan knows me very well uh I rarely buy anything that's triple what's considered triple a um I buy games from Sega maybe square uh uh Capcom that's about the extent of anything i'm interested in triple a wise um i Think Black Flag was the last Ubisoft game I bought maybe or maybe Watch Dogs 1 but the heads of Ubisoft in the last few years have made it perfectly clear they only want to make open world games and I find open world games really boring after a while not my thing uh I don't want to have to climb another tower to get a new access to the map <laughs> I don't want to drive a car all the way across the city so I can pick up that new quest I I just I want a good story. I don't play games because I want to run around and like b- do busy work. I want to play a game because I like the story. Uh, like I said in the earlier segment, it's one of the things that's kind of annoying to me with Mass Effect One. All the story stuff is awesome, but I get side bogged down in trying to do all these little side quests. They're all kind of dumb. Yeah. And 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 EA is guilty of doing the same thing. Uh, like, you know, they keep trying to make games and make them bigger. And if it it's it, it, it just I just nothing that nothing that the major AAA publishers, Activision, EA, the, uh, Ubisoft, nothing that they do is interesting to me. It's they're all busy fighting amongst themselves. Like this whole Assassin's Creed Infinity thing. It sounds like they're trying to compete with Fortnite.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, and, and, it is. Yeah,
1: and and, and and my whole thought with that is, is you've already got a Fortnite, and you've already got EA trying to, to tried uh, what was that other game that was kind of like Fortnite, and it was also kind of like, um, it was kind of like uh, Overwatch too. Oh,
0: um, uh, I don't know. Was it? Was it the
1: dodgeball one? <laughs> well, they they did that too. But it's like it's it's just. Everything they do is they're busy fighting amongst themselves and nobody's trying to do the next new cool thing. They're all trying to do what the other guy just made. Epic was lucky that Fortnite took off like it did. Oh yeah. Like that's all they were. They 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 they, they, they took a took a risk and it paid off. And good for them. I don't play Fortnite. It it's not interesting to me, but I appreciate it for what it is. And they did it, and they're the best at it, and they continue to be the best at it. Instead of trying to find the next cool thing, they're just all trying to yeah, let's try and steal some of Fortnite's players. Why do something cool on your own, and then they may leave and join you? Yeah.
0: Well, you know, here's the thing: like we never actually talked about what Infinity was. Like this is not so they're chasing the concept of Fortnite and concept and success of Fortnite and GTA Five. I mean, GTA V is a game that's been ported to three different generations of consoles and continues to to make bank for Rockstar. So essentially what Ubisoft is doing is they have Montreal and Quebec teams teaming up to build Assassin's Creed Infinity, which is this huge platform, planned to have multiple settings. And essentially what they're doing is they want to build this live service Assassin's Creed game that they continue to build upon each year as opposed to having separate products releasing um this is something that won't come until at least 2024 or later this isn't the report but i would imagine we know for sure we're getting another year of content from valhalla i could see there being another assassin's creed game to fit between valhalla and infinity um but since
1: i think that would be a bad call on their part
0: and, I mean, it might not even happen in the sense that, you know, Montreal and Quebec have kind of been going back and forth um, with their titles for Assassin's Creed. I don't think there have been other studios. There might have been one other studio in Ubisoft that maybe did that Assassin's Creed Rogue game, um, which was sort of a tandem release with Unity. But I I might be misremembering who did that one. But essentially, you know, this is uh, this is them trying to build like one platform for Assassin's Creed. And I think the one interesting part that could come out of having a platform for Assassin's Creed is that they might be able to try, you know, ideas that don't quite fit into an entire game or an entire DLC expansion. And they can test it or put it out the story within this platform. That's the one thing I can think of that is somewhat interesting in having a platform for Assassin's Creed where you can do what you do in GTA five and Fortnite, where you have these little, little sorter things that they can experiment with, you know, where they don't have to worry about building a huge game, you know, around one character. Right.
1: It, it's an interesting idea. I just don't know if I care. Yeah. I mean, all the Assassin's Creed games feel the same to me.
0: Well, they, <laughs> it's cause they are, I mean, they did one major shift between, um, I think it was uh black flag and, uh, or maybe it was, no, it was unity between unity and uh, origins, or maybe I'm syndicate was the last. Yeah. Syndicate and origins okay. was the big, big switch over gameplay wise. And, and again, they've just, they've really settled into that, that sort of trend with, you know, Odyssey and Valhalla as well. So I'm not saying this is going to be the next big thing for Assassin's Creed. I feel like it's probably going to be an extension of Valhalla and Odyssey. I, I, but...
1: I, feel, I feel like this is going to be their new Unity. They're shooting for the moon, and they're about to shoot themselves in the foot.
0: Uh, I think they're more capable than that, but I, here's the thing. Uh, Ubisoft has, has taught us one thing, is that they know how to have hundreds of people from across the globe working on a single game and having it launch. Uh, Unity aside, have it launch said, in, in a pretty good manner.
1: I have not played... Is the new Watch Dogs game out?
0: Yeah, Legion. Yep.
1: Okay, because I have a, I just have a funny feeling that this is kind of going down the same.
0: No, the, the, Legion I, was well I, received.
1: Was it? Yeah, it was like it
0: didn't light the world on fire, but I mean it uh, worked.
1: Well, well, well. Here's the thing. Uh, I was really excited for the first Watch Dogs because those trailers were really good, and then as soon as I started playing, I'm like, oh, it's futuristic sci-fi, assassin's creed. Okay, yeah. all right. It is. And I moved on, and I moved on. And I was like, yeah. And then two came out, and I went, yeah, I don't need to play any more of that. I played the first one. I don't care. And and with Assassin's Creed, I just feel like they're go- they... go, they, they I kept hearing thing- really good things about what the new Watch Dogs Legion was going to do, and it sounded like they were shooting for the moon. And I follow gaming news on a regular basis. I read reviews left and right. I don't remember anybody talking about it come out. So it makes me wonder how well it's sold.
0: I have no idea. I know I had picked it up. It was one of the last like E three pre orders I had at like half price, so I I ended up picking it up. And and it was another one of those watchdog games, and it had a neat sort of hook. But uh, yeah, all the Ubisoft games are starting did you, to did you, kind of blend. Did you
1: Did you finish it?
0: No, God no. I I mean like. I will even give you this. Well, then, like,
1: again, I'm, then again, I'm talking to you. Do you ever finish games? I, it's
0: very. I, if I finish a game, it's because I thoroughly enjoyed it, and it was not a 200-hour experience. So, um, I do finish games. Um, I'm likely to finish this Mass Effect trilogy, which will, which will likely take me another hundred hours as I try to get all my galactic readiness in Mass Effect Three. But um, yeah, I, I mean Lou, uh, we've we've obviously had a. a a really, you know, jam-packed show with a bunch of stuff to talk about. Uh, and if you want to continue the conversation, certainly go to our Discord, bit.ly slash TGI Discord. You can also email the show at info at Lou, before we exit, why don't you let the fine listeners know where they can find you on the internet?
1: <laughs> the easiest place to find me is I'm on all the social media that matters under the name Busy Zombie Lord. I've been the Busy Zombie Lord for like 20 years now uh and you can check out my show with ryan uh at zombies ate my podcast where we talk about zombies every two weeks
0: nice that is true we brought a little bit of zamp to tgi so we hope you enjoyed uh that taste of our uh zombie podcast and uh yes you can find more episodes of this very podcast at gamersinpodcast.com you can also follow us on twitter you can find jocelyn at joss plays myself at r murphy lou at busy zombie lord and don't forget to follow the show at the gamers Inn. thanks for staying at the gamers in tune in next week where we'll be talking about some wow and uh whatever game i can fit in, in the next couple days it it might just be mass effect we'll see so stay tuned